Hello everyone and welcome to Think Yourself Healthy Podcast. I'm your host, Heather Duranja. Let's dive into today's episode. Hello everybody. On today's episode of Think Yourself Healthy, I have special guest Alyssa Courture. Alyssa broadcast enlightening content on fashion deemed medicinal. For fashion consumers and fashion professionals, she offers methods and ways fashion can be used as an alternative healthy remedy and plus as a long-term modern wellness trend. Alyssa, thank you so much for being with us today. I have to say you definitely have a very specific niche that you have developed here. So tell us a little bit about it and how who you are and how all of this got started. Great. Well, thanks for having me, Heather. I really appreciate it. I love your podcast. Um, I am a fashion author and fashion entrepreneur, and my work is Healthy Fashion Campaign. It involves advocating fashion for health for the mind, body, and spirit. And where we are heading on this planet is we're kind of transitioning our wardrobe and fashion that is not uh, comforting us and it's just kind of superficial. And in this book that I've written and in my work, um, I, I really go more beyond fashion today, the fashion industry today, uh, specifically mainstream fashion. Um, mainstream fashion is sort of the, the main culprit. We are getting into a better mode of fashion production with sustainable fashion and eco fashion. And sustainable fashion and eco fashion is really where I kind of began. I started my fashion career career, uh, my entrepreneurial fashion career, creating an eco fashion brand, a handmade eco fashion brand. I had an eco fashion blog. I also had a news media uh, podcast at one point too. um, And I was uh, hosting people into the sustainable fashion realm. But what I kind of wanted to do was I wanted to bring health into the perspective of fashion. And I think if we go beyond the environment and we fix and treat our body with health, it's going to naturally extend itself out into the environment, which kind of it it creates um, healing and wellness for everyone, uh, you know, um, including the, the, the ecosystem. And right now with sustainable fashion, eco fashion, where we are headed is we are still creating a lot of fashion with polyester. And uh, I do talk a lot about fabrics in my book and in my work because it's the material really that's the the biggest culprit of, of what we can do to advance our our body and mind through plants and um, plants being uh, not just hemp, well, cotton and linen, but we can bring in rami, linen, nettle, bamboo, peanut. There's so many different plants out there that we're not really utilizing. And there has been some definite improvements in the textile industry where there has been new designs and inventions with aloe vera textile, uh, textile made from a capic, uh, cattails, a wild weed. There's been also some developments with a seaweed fiber and fiber insulation with coconut shells. It's a really interesting um, place we're at because we can't just survive off of wearing cotton and linen. We have to actually bring in multiple plants because right now we can't make cotton responsible for dressing 7 billion people. And that's why we're so heavily dependent on polyester because with all of this um, polyester use, which started in the 1930s, we really ran, like just went with it. And we created this huge sort of issue with, you know, climate change or whatnot, because the pollution and and toxicity on this planet is caused by petroleum oil. It's the number one top polluter. And the number two top polluter is the fashion industry. And that is because 90%, roughly 90% of our textiles is made from petroleum oil. 
so that that that's just one piece you know of the puzzle materials and plants yeah i mean honestly that's a lot to really take into consideration and i personally did not realize that we've been utilizing polyester since the 1930s i thought that came much later more towards the 60s and 70s so that's kind of and that's very interesting and frightening at the same time can you tell the audience and myself a little bit about polyester, what polyester is made from, why is polyester something to be concerned about and wanting to minimize within our own wardrobe? Yes, and that's a good question. And I actually uh, did some research on the science of it. Mm -hmm. And polyester is technically um chemically produced and it comes from deep within the earth and it's uh, a buildup of fossils uh, deep underground and this is actually an acidic it's acidic uh, in its pH value mm -hmm. and what we have with plants like cotton hemp rami linen tensile lyocell bamboo all of those plant fabrics have a neutral pH which is perfect for our skin because our skin has a slightly acidic uh, film on it and in alkalinity and it balances out with the, the, the neutrality of it and, it, and it's breathable too. So it actually is alkaline producing because I know that, you know, cancer and other uh, issues thrive in, a, you know, in a more carbon-based acidic type of a chemical solution. So when we kind of wear these breathable fabrics, we're allowing the body and the skin to breathe. And polyester, due to its chemical composition and the way that it is designed, it really is unbreathable. And that's the biggest main factor. And I, I still wear polyester. I have, uh, you know, shoes made out of polyester. I have a coat. I, I think third layers are okay uh, with the wearing third layer pieces out of polyester because it, it's bulky and it's not pressing against the skin. Uh, but right now we are in a, a epidemic where we just we don't even have the uh, the product. We don't have a hundred percent plant based product, especially for people that are in colder climates. Um, many people can rely on animals, uh, you know, wool and whatnot, but that's only one percent of the textile market. Uh, wool is, cannot ethically cover seven billion people. Mm -hmm. so that we are back to um, polyester, which we have relied on. And before the 1930s, when they developed, actually Monsanto, Bayer, DuPont were the first developers of polyester, rayon, acetate, the, the big giant chemical companies. Mm -hmm. uh, before that all happened, we were actually wearing hemp. That was actually uh, the main um textile that was being used but we didn't have a population of 7 billion either so we've increased in population and what i have proposed and what the textile industry is naturally already doing it's just a slow process is that we take in multiple different types of plants utilize all all the the different plants from around the world whether it's cattails from north america uh pina pineapple leaves from the philippines different types of plants from around the world and we use the textile machinery and advance the textile machinery to create a versatile uh, plant-based wardrobe for all of us mm -hmm. and that would also uh diminish and minimize the fast fashion because realistically we're just kind of hoarding and feasting on these plastics because it's not fulfilling us it's the right. materials not fulfilling us so there's many things to be said about polyester and like i said i i'm not naturally drawn to the material some polyester fabrics are crucial like you know say if you're in the wilderness and you need to be in a polyester fill uh, or a down poly uh, sleeping bag with a shell lining of polyester. Well, we can make bio-based bio -based poly. We don't have to use the petroleum-based uh, 
polyester. That's where we can go with developments of say, you know, we love our raincoats and our hiking gear. It's all poly, 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 but we can start developing bio-based, vegetable-based petro uh, petroleum or not petroleum, excuse me, vegetable-based plastics. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense and something that I really haven't taken into consideration. I really never considered the fact that these companies that we are so aware of that, you know, has really changed, changed the food industry and agricultural industry. I didn't even take into consideration the impact that they have had on fashion and textiles. And we know that textiles are one of the biggest pollutants that we come into exposure with on a regular basis that's contributing to our, uh, you know, phytoestrogen intake that is screwing with our endocrine system and our hormone balance. So this, this is really making a lot of sense to me. I never, thank you for sharing the history because I, I probably would not have known that and probably many of the listeners as well. So we appreciate the knowledge. Yes, absolutely. I know. And I just wanted to add while we're on the topic, um, you know, with all of this trend with recycled uh, bottled plastic, they're mm -hmm. they're producing um, polyester leggings. All of the fitness trend is the recycled plastic bottle leggings. I mean, it's all over the internet, it's all over Instagram, and what they're doing is they're taking the plastic bottle, which could us could have BPA, which would affect the, the estrogen. Mm -hmm. uh, they're taking a BPA or potentially BPA plastic bottle and they're producing them into fibers. So we're introducing all sorts of different chemicals when we wear this plastic bottle fiber, wow. which ultimately it, 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 plastic is plastic, mm -hmm. but even with the, the, the drinking uh, of the bottles, the drinking bottle plastic, it's still not safe. And right. it would introduce a whole uh, sort of, uh, of new types of chemicals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, something to definitely be mindful of. So I didn't realize there was a new trend going around in fashion industry for uh, fitness, uh, utilizing plastic. So I that's new to me. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I go into Nike and Adidas and I go into all of the mainstream uh, fitness uh, shops. And what you find is, you know, everything is synthetic because it's advanced. It looks techy. Um, mm -hmm. They've they've used the, these polyesters to sort of kind of make it look like it's futuristic and technologically savvy. But ultimately, you can manipulate this fabric as much as possible, which what it comes down to is what it's made out of. Mm -hmm. That's really what it's all about. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, it, it really is the fitness. People aren't really drawn to, in athletics, people aren't really drawn to cotton linen because it stops in a lot of water. But we do have a lot of treatments that can be used to repel natural treatments that can repel the the sweat, uh, as well as um, some natural fibers like tensile, tensile lyocell being a new, well, semi new um, market trend for fitness wear, because it is um, made from a spinneret, the lyocell, so it has a sort of um, uh, pattern dimension and dynamic that would help repel the sweat and, and cool the body. Uh, but tensile, uh, specifically a, a Jersey knit tensile, if you do Google Jersey knit tensile fitness wear, you will come up with a few brands who are pioneering um, tensile as a new active wear uh, fabric. Interesting. So what are your thoughts about the company Fabletics and their ecology or eco, I can't even talk this morning, their sustainability and the practices. Um, do you have any insight on that company specifically? Well, I was just disappointed with the amount of polyester that's being used. Mm -hmm. um, it really, to me, it just kills kills everything. I mean, uh, you can be as sustainable as you want. You can recycle as many pieces of plastic fabric or or whatnot. Every brand is doing some piece of good. Fabletics, I'm sure, is doing some piece of good. I have not researched Fabletics completely because okay. 
I looked in the advertisements and I saw polyester and it just throws me off. I don't really do, I don't really dive into brands who are, uh, you know, really um, advocating polyester. But like I said, fitness companies, it's not the fitness company's fault. Mm -hmm. It's, now it's the demand that we're creating. It's the the governments that are sort of kind of hovering over us to make sure we continue uh, using polyester. Yeah. It's the textile manufacturers that are being able to afford making the textile product because you know right now we don't have the textile machinery that could cut down the labor costs. Yeah. We don't have enough textile machinery, excuse me, that would cut down labor costs for making. A plant-based fitness uh, wardrobe. So, like I said, it, it it's what's available, and there's just lots of fine-tuning that needs to be done. And we really have to just get onto the bandwagon and start realizing that wearing plastics. I mean, even for fitness apparel. I mean, I used to be a runner, you know, way back then, and I do yoga now. And you know, yoga. There's a lot of cotton lycra. There, you know, with the six percent lycra with cotton I, I love my cotton leggings and i'll wear that 10 percent spandex no problem i don't really care i love my leggings and that's where people are at if they're comfortable and they're getting a product that makes them feel good then we're going to stick with it but at the same time i find um specifically on my body just polyester i just i repel it i can't really tolerate it like uh other people um i think maybe i have a sensitivity um, potentially with uh, just being highly sensitive person, but right. that makes me kind of on the radar of what really needs to be on the body. Um, Absolutely. I, I feel like it's, it's sort of been crippling for me to be uncomfortable and say nylons, you know, nylons make me so itchy and uh, yeah. it's so uncomfortable. I can't even wear nylons, but the, the, the lack of breathability I find is because the nylons just hug in the air and my skin really just needs that every little bit of way and uh, to allow the skin to breathe. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. I love the fact that you're so in tune with your body and have the ability to discern the differences between how fabrics make you feel and, you know, your overall health and well-being. I think that's really an impressive um, attribute that not many people behold. My current, my husband, um, he's from Italy. So quality of linens, quality of clothing is, is very, very much of a concern with him. And he absolutely despises polyester, will not wear anything that has any kind of poly blend. And um, I know for him, he's really specific about 100% cotton, especially when it comes to like his socks and his underwear and things of that nature. So I love that. I love that you guys have the ability to really feel the difference and how it's impacting your well-being. Yes. And it, like I said, it, it's, um, and that's wonderful that your husband is so into the plant-based fabrics. I think that um, in time, uh, for those who are not so, you know, receptive to it, I think in time, I think because we've been so bombarded with chemicals, chemical solvents from cleaning, mm -hmm. uh, chemical solvents in our laundry detergent. Um, you know, there's chemicals everywhere that I think people have become immune. Right. They've become immune to um, these types of chemicals. And, you know, I wouldn't say that polyester uh, fabrics are going to cause danger and threat but so it's slowly like over time you know when when you eat some junk food here and there it might not hurt but if you do it every week you know a few times a week it catches up with you right and i i do believe that with uh ergonomics and fashion and it, it is true um that fabrics need to sort of become a treatment, like an alternative health treatment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you look at ready to wear the high fashion retail uh, companies, 
uh, many of them are pers pursuing luxury, you know, minimal athleisure, and it's divine. It's completely comfortable. It's totally kosher, and it's efficient with the ergonomics of design. But then you find other retail companies are making products that are going to stay in the closet because they're just too unbearably uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. They're probably itching. They are probably ill-fitting. Mm -hmm. um, they're... There's just, you know, I, I remember personally speaking, I used to be a fashion a hoarder. I, I had a whole closet full of clothes and I only wore 10% of them because the 10% was what was comfortable. And the rest of the, the garments were just not pleasing to me, even though I just had to have them. <laughs> I love that. That's such a great point to bring up. I think this is a really good opportunity for us to do some purging and to have some real honesty with ourselves around our spending habits and our hoarding habits when it comes to our fashion. I know myself, I can, I could definitely stand to go into my closet and remove some additional pieces that, like you said, are just not really comfortable. And it might be, you know, um, maybe intuitively my body knows these things aren't really the best for me to be wearing on a regular basis. One thing that you had mentioned, um, about, you know, polyester not being that damaging. However, it's, it really is not a breathable material. So if that is the first thing that's coming in contact with our skin, and we know that our skin is the most absorptive organ we have on the body, this potentially could create some serious problems with endocrine and liver function over time, because we're literally just trapping toxins in our body and not giving them the ability to escape. So whatever sweat might be developing on the surface of the skin and getting trapped there, eventually those toxins are going to get reabsorbed into the bloodstream and then redistributed into fat cells, making them resistant to being broken down. And um, so I think that's really something for the listeners and myself included to, to really take into consideration and think about where are we moving? Um, what, how can we how can we truly take accountability and responsibility for our health through our fashion practices? Yes. So I'm curious to know with this whole pandemic that's happened over, you know, the last 21 months with the supply chain, chain issues that we're having, how has this impacted current fashion trends and what do you project will be the, you know, the thing moving forward? How can we help to make our mark in reducing a lot of, of this toxicity and, and things that are happening that are hurting our health? Okay. Yes. And before I answer that, that's a great addition that you talked about with the uh, chemical treatments, the dyes and mm -hmm materials, the nanotechnology that's being yeah. administered to the skin. I'm very glad you pointed that out. And that is a piece of my book. Uh, it's, it's a important piece of what I, I book. So yes, I'm totally right on there with you and ways. So ways we can, um, create a less toxic wardrobe and a less, less toxic industry. Correct. Yes. Um, we can begin with basically purchasing plant-based fabrics mm -hmm. predominantly um, as much as possible, um, you know, and this is including, you know, the mass markets like Target, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, Walmart or, you know, some of the mainstream brands, you know, Gap, Abercrombie, American Eagle, those mainstream, you know, shopping mall brands or the mass retailers, they are like even Zara, you know, I, I don't like to go into helping support Zara, but you know, they have a few items that are just perfect. And you, I believe you can support a brand if you believe in a piece of their product, you don't have to like the whole enchilada. You don't have to like everything about them. But say, you know, they have tags now where they're telling people what, what they're doing right. Mm -hmm. you know, less water consumption through the dye and textile mm -hmm. manufacturing 
process. Uh, this is organic cotton. Uh, I know Forever 21, I browsed through there and, you know, checked out their product and they have a little section of organic cotton uh, garments. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the little things that these companies are doing are very important. And I believe truly mass fashion is different than fast fashion. Fast fashion is going to go away eventually because it's just the polyester demand. It's that constant feasting and feeding off of this kind of junk material. But when we bring a whole plant-based kind of uh wardrobe into the picture we're going to downsize immediately mm -hmm. because we're going to want those treasured pieces that we love those pieces that we really adore and i believe when we so we can support mass mass markets because there's seven billion people on this planet there's never going to not be mass fashion and a lot of people are saying fast fashion fast fashion is so bad yes it is don't support target don't support zara but the problem is they're never going to go away because there's the demand that's occurring and people love collective trends it's a community it's like our favorite chain fast food or excuse me it's like our favorite chain restaurants or grocery stores they're never going to go away and they're producing for the masses so when we treat mass fashion and look at it as mass fashion versus fast fashion and cater to what they're doing right i think that's going to help a lot mm -hmm. and as well as we can go thrift shopping we can do a lot of this the the recycling and I really, truly believe in thrift stop, uh, shopping. I, I've worked in thrift shops. I've, I've had a lot of thrift shop finds that were my treasures. Mm -hmm. And I think thrift shopping is a really important thing. I do. Um, I, I yeah. definitely think that that is a way of the future and way that we can help not only support the planet, but also affordability, you know, from an economic standpoint. Um, I think that that's a huge piece. Are there anything, is there any advice that you have for consumers who are interested in doing the, the thrift shopping, but maybe are a little bit intimidated? I know for myself, when I walk into a lot of thrift stores, there's a very specific smell and that specific smell turns me off immediately. And I almost can't concentrate on having the ability to go through, um, you know, the hordes and hordes of clothing on the racks. So for me, that is something that definitely is real and, and turns me away from wanting to do it. But I also understand the importance of needing to do it. So I tend to find little vintage boutiques like pop-up type situations where it's much smaller um, inventory to have to search through. It doesn't feel as overwhelming for me. So what are some tips that you have for the audience on how to make thrift shopping a little bit more friendly? Yes. That's a great um, thing to do is go to the, the more uh, higher end or smaller boutique pop-up shops. If you want to just go to some of the, you know, standard Salvation Army Goodwills, I, I know that for speaking, I go in there and I get irritable from the energy because it's oh, not yeah. just it's not just from dust and dander from the clothing it's also uh, emotional residues that are held into the fabric so what you're going in you get it you're going yes. in and you're feeling all of these energies yes. that that have not been laundered through from water and washing and soap and in in the the treatments that you do with laundering those really take care and, and rid the emotional uh, residues so you're walking in and you're bombarded with all of these energies and all this Dustin Dander. So I I would like to say uh, definitely drink a glass of water before you go in because you might get a headache immediately and yes. that water. Yeah, you might get a headache immediately and you might want to drink a glass of water. Yeah. Also, they have these copper bracelets. And these copper bracelets, you can find them online, 100% copper bracelets. Mm -hmm. These are going to actually, when you're sifting through the racks and you have the copper bracelet, the emotional uh, residue of the energies is going to kind of repel, mm -hmm. repel the copper metal is going to repel the emotional energy. So you're not going to take and carry in all of this stuff that's kind of uh, into these fabrics. And... Uh, uh, like I said, I, I really, you can go on. What were you going to add? 
I'm just so thrilled that you are bringing this up because I am such a huge advocate of reminding individuals that if they are thrift shopping, the importance of needing to clear and cleanse energy that you potentially will be putting on your body and absorbing into your own energy field, as well as your home environment. This is a real thing that we have to, you know, be mindful of in order to stay as balanced as possible and, and repel. Bad <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's unbelievable. And you clearly are uh, sensitive to energies and, you know, you have oh, yeah. some, you have some psychic intuition with, with uh, emotional uh, energies that are not yours. And that's actually uh really um a gift to have because you're when you have that awareness you can have a more uh, state of protection mm -hmm. so i also have i carry a rose petal essence mm -hmm. uh there's a, a a line of uh, you know facial sprays that you can spray on in your body these natural essential oil mists will take care of uh some of those negative or residual energies and it will clear off the, the high vibration of the uh, vibrational essence mm -hmm. within the essential oil. We will clear off those energies it will be very helpful. So if you can carry a little, a little uh, bottle of essential oil, a spray, that will be very helpful. That's such a fabulous tip because what most people will do is go straight to the perfumes, right? Mm -hmm. To mask the smell. And then, the, you know, I'm hoping that most of the audience by now knows that perfumes are extremely toxic. One of the biggest phytoestrogen, um, you know, problems that women come into contact on a daily basis. So I myself have this essential uh, oil roller. It's a clear and there's clear quartz in there. So before I'm going into anywhere, I am definitely, and I also, I took my bracelets off so that they wouldn't make all the noise, but I have all of my bracelets that also have the copper pieces in there. There you go. Okay. Yeah. So you're all about that. That's awesome. Yeah. And I have one of those rollers too. I have to, I don't know where I, I lost it and I forgot about it. Yeah. I have to get that because yeah. I love it so much when you add the, the oil and the essential oil and then the crystal activates it that's yes. an it's an incredible tool yes. it really is it's an incredible tool for the beauty industry and, and for fashion yes i love it so when someone's walking into a thrift store they've done their energetic protection they've got their crystals crystal are their copper bracelet on they've had their glass of water now they're ready to start sorting through all of the stuff is there anything specific that they should be looking for on labels to identify what's going to be a more sustainable, healthier piece? Well, um, you know, this day and age, we really don't have the time to research a bunch of labels and it should be a little bit more uh, expressed on the sewn in label, not just tags, because when we're going into a recycled shop, we're not getting all the information about the product. Mm -hmm. So ideally, I would definitely concentrate on silhouettes that are comfortable and ergonomic that are going to be designed and cut to cater to your movements, your body your body movements and not keep you static because mm -hmm. a lot of the fabrics and cuts will make you really controlled and restricted. So I would definitely take into consideration the cut of the fabric and the silhouette. Also, if you do have sensitivities with dyes, you could focus on lighter shades of fabrics because the less dye that is in the fabric, the less will bleed into the skin potentially. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you might want to be, you know, looking out for lighter shades if if that's that's your choice. I mean, yeah. no. And, you know, this makes so much sense, Alyssa. You're just I'm you're really blowing my mind over here because I, I can think to myself about, you know, purchasing jeans, dark colored jeans, and then having washed them, you know, 50 times already and still they still leave imprints on, you know, other material, other fabric, as well as your skin when you're pulling them off. And most of us don't take into consideration, 
you know, it's more talked about how harmful these dyes are in our food system, but when we're wearing them on our skin day in and day out, this is just as problematic, if not more problematic for our endocrine system and our cognitive function. These dyes have the ability of crossing the blood brain barrier and getting into our cell membranes in the brain, which create a lot of neurological issues, a lot of neurotransmitter issues. So you're just really blowing my mind here and really further validating um, that it really is about getting back to basics and simplifying in order to support overall health. Yes. And I would also mention um, you know, we work with the cuts and the silhouettes, we work with the dyes, and then we can, we can work with our individual style because, you know, it's personal expression is really important. And, that, and that's a whole nother uh, topic that we could <laughs> dive into. But I did want to mention, um, if you, if you do have to wear polyester, and you do find silhouettes and cuts that are made out of a poly blend and polyester, you know, just just make sure it's not too tight fitting because truly if if the and and like I said, I, I agree with you there there's could be dangers and threats involved. And uh, honestly, I haven't given up on the industry, but, you know, you can't find a pair of cotton sweatpants. You can't find a, a pair of nice cotton sweatpants that are perfectly comfortable. Uh, I went shopping for days for sweatpants in the I found cotton sweatpants, but the waistband was this thick, was this high, and it it's so snug, and it's like I'm not going to, it's like, I'm not going to wear it. Yeah, you know, I I love the cotton piece, but if you give me a waistband, it's like three or four inches wide, um, going you know horizontally mm -hmm. or excuse me, vertically, I, I just don't want to wear it because it's going to pull on my stomach and it's going to create that fiction and it's going to irritate me the whole day. Right. So really being able to tune into those little details in a garment, you know, whether it's an itchy scratchy tag that we have to pull out or cut off mm -hmm. or whether the seams are pulling in the armpit, it, you know, if the cut is bad, it's really going to affect us emotionally and it's really ah. going to give us a less protective day. Absolutely. I, you know, such great points that you're making here today uh, because a lot of us, we don't realize that maybe our irritable mood is due to the, um, you know, the discomfort of the, the cut and the material that we have on that we've stuffed ourselves into in the name of fashion. Yes, that's it. And I did a lot of sacrificing for fashion and especially in my twenties and mm -hmm. my teens, I sacrificed for fashion. I looked good, but the whole day I was, itching and poking and prodding and pulling and tugging all day long. And I would do this for, you know, when I had to go into the retail industry, I did a lot of retail work and I'd be in customer service. So I had to wear sort of the getup and I had to kind of wear these restricted garments that were not really treating my body well. I think at one point I bought a dress because it was so cute and so adorable, but I ended up fainting in it because it was so tight <laughs> I I and I didn't care because it was a sheath dress mm -hmm. and it was pulling in it made me very look very flattering but the thing is pulling in so much I ended up getting dizzy and having to I couldn't move for 10 wow. minutes wow <laughs> wow wow something to really think about it I mean I again I honestly I'm really mind blown today you have um, intrigued me to take a whole nother look at a level of health and wellness that I honestly haven't really examined to the fullest and where I have room for improvement. I was, I was just sitting there thinking, you know, there's so much going on with clean eating and getting body movement in, but yet we're still having all of these issues hormonally and with our, you know, chronic disease. And I'm thinking this is a whole area that's really been untapped and brought to the surface, you know, for consumers to really think about. I had released a um, conscious consumer guide back in, I think, summertime where I was really thinking about how we're consuming and where there's room for improvement. And so one of the things that I was taking into consideration 
was clothing and utilizing thrift shops, but you're, you really are just taking this a whole level deeper and um, offering a lot of really great knowledge for us to put into practice with being able to make uh, some changes in this, in this particular niche. Yeah. Thank you so much. And I just want to show you, uh, this is what the book looks like. And this is Healthy Fashion, The Deeper Truths. Um, it is actually out, if you don't mind me saying. Oh, it's no, out absolutely. First. Yeah, it's out December 1st. And what I really go into and what we didn't really um, talk too much about was I really talk about fashion for the mind, body, and spirit. Mm-hmm. And I really delve deep into bringing fashion into a multi-dimensional perspective. So we're multi-dimensional beings. We're not just 3D, we're 5D, 10D, 11D. And we kind of look at fashion in sort of a less dimensional thing. You know, it's a physical adornment that we put on our body for protection, but there's just so much more to it. So what I do talk about a lot and in the book and in my work is fashion that is in relation to the mental body, Mm -hmm. fashion that is in relation to the physical body, healthy fashion in relation to the spiritual body and the energetic body. So I really tap into fashion and how it can treat the body physically, whether it's an aloe-based treated fabric Mm -hmm. or whether the material is made uh, and dyed with uh, healing herbal turmeric or indigo. And these dyes can actually be really effective as treatments because, you know, we won't have to worry about it bleeding into our skin Mm -hmm. through sweat or through, you know, laundering when it comes out it can actually absorb into our body and be an alternative health treatment. Basically like an adaptogen. Yes. Well, you're saying th- some things with that are completely correct. And it, it, even with the estrogen, mm-hmm. uh, you know, hormones affect the whole body. Mm-hmm. It's not just, it, it affects bo- the body on so many different levels. Right. So I'm glad you did mention that. And yes, I would, I would agree that it is like an adaptogen. Yes. So from a, from like a, a mental, emotional perspective, give, give us something, a kind of talk about that, an example of how we can address something in that nature. Okay. So I, I did mention universal fashion, how the whole planet really needs to get clued in on, you know, how we can all dress all cultures and traditions, you know, we, in America, we eat Chinese food, we eat, you know, Mexican food, we eat all the different cultures. Right. And so I believe truly that it's not cultural appropriation to dress in different forms of dress from all around the world. I think that we should all sort of become uh, more of a melting pot and rise the fashion industry up because many times I find that the costume and the traditional forms of dress are not just becoming dated it is an art form to dress like that but it's not bringing us into a level of fashion consciousness Mm -hmm. so what I what I've actually done through research is I found out that when we dress in multiple style genres we're creating multiple different fashion languages And these types of fashion languages can be interpreted by all. And it's going to create a union and a oneness. And another concept, mentally speaking, in in fashion in relation to the mental body, I talk about the archetypes, the uh, Genjian archetypes. Mm -hmm. And I, I find that many times we relate to our fashion by stereotypes you know the jock the hippie the homeless um and we don't really get into the consideration that instead of perceiving someone's athletic wear as being a jock we could actually perceive him through the archetype as saying he's a hero he's an adventurer so we have to kind of peer through the fashion language and get a little deeper instead of just focusing on okay that person uh you know looks like a hippie well many in many times and in many different types of identifications not everybody really wants to be perceived as a hippie we could actually look at 
the bohemian style genre and perceive it as being an innocent because the, the hippie is actually related in the archetype language as the innocent. So when we see these deeper truths and have these deeper connections with fashion, we're going to actually be able to see people in a different way. We're not going to just be able to look at clothes and say, okay, we already know what that is. It dumbs us our thinking. It narrows us down. It's a shallow way of perceiving. And I've done it my whole life. I mean, everyone does it. It's a sort of a hive mind, mind controlled uh, form of technology that's been going on for eons. And I don't know clearly what that's all about, but basically we're all going into this spiritual awakening where we're going to identify with our fashion. And I'm not speaking for all of us. If, if, if everybody has their different experience and individual right. unique way of how they perceive fashion, but I'm just saying collectively speaking what I know and how I have experienced fashion, I have really always kind of seen fashion and it didn't always speak to me in, um, uh, a clear, direct way that makes me feel good. Mm -hmm. I I often had times where I would look at fashion, and it didn't really, um, it wasn't really poetic enough. It wasn't artistic enough. It wasn't giving me meaning, and it wasn't communicating what I wanted to see. So that's why I've kind of um, been interested in creating more of an archetype language for fashion and and not being not kind of going into the stereotypical genres but more of the archetypes because we all have these fashions that we embrace um that are so meaningful to us and they're so sacred to us but then when we see them in the fashion advertisements we we clearly interpret them very sharply, and we kind of not we, but I kind of judge them. Mm -hmm. So I'm not speaking on behalf of everybody, but myself, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, this has been such an incredible conversation, such enlightenment. Really, you are a wealth of knowledge. I know for myself that I definitely want to get my hands on this book. So where can the audience find your book, Healthy Fashion? Um, my fashion book can be found um, at my website, www.hsandhealthyfsandfashioncampaign.com. Okay. And you can also go to uh, bookstores, Amazon online, Barnes & Nobles online, or IndieBound. And it's actually... Um, in dozens of bookstores online right now yeah. it's um it's i'm hoping that um it, it's even in walmart it's oh, wow. online on, on walmart so i'm i'm really uh spreading the word here and, and it's really just a mission here i'm an advocate for fashion mm -hmm. i'm not saying i've come up with you know grand solutions that will cure the world but what i am saying is that when we take our own personal wardrobe into consideration and we use some of the tools and concepts that i have put together uh just from life experience and from research i think that it's going to uh be very helpful for all of us and we're whether or not you know this book is read i believe we're in this natural awakening and spiritual awakening and it's it's naturally evolving it's naturally occurring it's just that we should and need to pick up the pace a little bit and and you know because the more awareness we have and in the quicker the time it's just going to be more helpful for all of us absolutely you could not be more on point with that statement my friend um in my opinion we definitely need to hurry this up <laughs> the outcome doesn't change it's just a matter of us collectively coming together and saying this is the direction we're moving. Let's embrace it instead of resist it so much. It's the resistance. You know, um, I, I have very strong opinions, um, but the resistance is what is slowing us down from truly being able to step into that heaven on earth experience now, like we were intended to exist within. So um, I think that, you know, your part in this mission um, is so valuable. I'm so impressed with the work that you've done, with the knowledge you've brought today to us. Um, and in, in all reality, 
You know, people say all the time, I'm just one person. What can I do? But the reality is, is that we as individuals have so much power. And in my opinion, where we truly hold the power, it's how we allocate our time, how we allocate our energy and our financial resources. So if we truly want to have the ability to create change, it all starts from within what we're choosing to do when it comes to those resources. And so this really presents an opportunity for consumers to take accountability for their own personal expression, but in doing so, being very picky and choosy about the products that they're wearing and spending their money on, and eventually it will create the demand that you were speaking to earlier that will help support the collective in a more sustainable, not just plant the planet, but also humans and um, our health and well-being. I was just watching a documentary um, called Kiss the Ground, and it really is, is bringing a lot of awareness to um, the damage from the pesticides and chemical chemicals that we've been utilizing since the 30s. And um, basically they said we have 60 more harvests left before we're out. Soil is depleted and we have nothing left. So if we can really take into consideration clothing and plant-based clothing and how we can uh, shift our consuming practices, I think there's a huge opportunity here, not for just healing our physical, mental, and emotional and spiritual bodies, but also helping to heal planet Earth. Yes, I agree with you 100%. That was very well said yeah. and very perfect. Well, Alyssa, I, I cannot be thankful enough to have you with us today. And I would definitely love to have you back on as a guest so that we can dive in deeper into some of these topics that we didn't get a chance to talk about today. But I truly um, am grateful for your insight. And where can the audience find you? Yes, and thank you so much for inviting me back. I will be back. Um, you can find me at my website, it is www.h as in healthy, f as in fashion, campaign.com. And then on the top, you have my social media, and you can check me out on Instagram, Facebook. I have YouTube and Pinterest. Fabulous. Well, I will make sure to note all of those ways to connect with you in the show notes so it makes it easy for people to find you. And I am wishing you the best with this book release. I hope that you have an extremely successful launch. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for joining us on the Think Yourself Healthy podcast. Make sure you leave a review and let me know what you think. I love reading your feedback. Come hang out with me on Instagram at Heather Duranja. And don't forget to take a screenshot that you're listening to the podcast and tag me. I love to share it. See you on the next episode.